0: This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by former Berlin Philharmonic conductor, Lydia Tar, whose groundbreaking performance of Monster Hunter is still being celebrated today. It's Lydia Tarr! <laughs> field uh, yikes no i got anything you want man um, it's no wrong answers i'm monster hunter <laughs> this is ear buddies hello my buddy hey
1: buddy i want to apologize for that embarrassing misstep look i know every single episode this that's how we yeah. start and not once have i come prepared Uh,
0: which I I suppose is part of the charm, you know, but still. I think at this point, I think that is part of the charm. I think if this were a more equitable pod, uh, we would trade off. You know, you would get to introduce yourself first every other time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But listen, man, the bits keep flowing every time we do it this way. So Something's working. Something's working because once again, Matt, you and I are podding in Oscar season. The Silver Screen's Big Day. And that means once again, we are joined by a certified uh, film guy. His name is Club Steel. Caleb Steel.
2: Caleb, welcome back to Ear Buddies. Hello, buddies. It's uh, an honor and a privilege to to be here again. So, thank you for Allowing me to, I don't know, crasher, crasher, pod, gentlemen.
1: Oh no, <laughs> it, the the gratitude is all ours. We we need mm-hmm. you for this one. I think um, for reasons which will probably become apparent. But club, great to have you back. Uh, you are a true friend of the pod. Um, you are uh, one of our few um, ah, friends, recurring guests. Um, <laughs> we're trying to do better, but. But we have your number is the thing, and we don't have mm-hmm. other people's numbers, so we're gonna stick with what works. Oscar season again. Um, we're we're very excited to have you here, and I know I can I can hear the the rhythmic pounding of feet and 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 uh, pike staffs and and rifle butts from the army just outside. So uh, welcome aboard, Thanks.
2: Admiral Admiral Caleb Admiral Club. Uh I guess, yeah, I'm a part of the Earbuddy's Navy, I guess, so. <laughs> It's a different branch, but yeah. It's a part of it. Just as important, yeah.
0: Club, we bring you on because you are an expert uh, when it comes to films, and uh, we love your perspective on things like film scores. The real Earbuddy heads remember your first appearance when we talked about film scores. I think that was like our second or third ep, bro. Yeah. We could do that again. We could just sit here and talk shop, yuck it up about John Williams and you know what's what's new with Hans Zimmer. We could do that. We should do that. Mm. Can we pivot? No. <laughs> well <Okay. laughs> we And maybe someday we will do that club, but right now we gotta talk tar. If you're here, then you already know who she is. Lydia Tarr is many things. You, the Army, are listening to this, presumably, the day after the Academy Awards were broadcast. The 95th Academy Awards. Matt and Caleb and I, were recording here uh, several days before the awards. So, what do we do? Are we going to act like we know the future? Yeah, we are. We're talking today about Best Picture Winner. Tar. The Todd Field film about a uh an interesting lady played by Kate Blanchett whose name is Tar. That's her last name. Her first name is Lydia. Club. We trust we trust you f- completely when it comes to well anything, honestly. I would I would take you at your word on any matter. <laughs> Absolutely. You can raise my child. Honestly, yeah. Like <laughs> i think it would you'd you'd do great uh anyway uh especially on matters of film uh we care about what you have to say i think the army cares about what you have to say but here look at this matt it's synergy this is a this is a music movie it's a movie about music uh designed
1: for lovers of film and music um and mm. it just so happens that between the three of us, we are all of those things. Very exciting. Um, <laughs> Club, I, I I guess, can we get a read? Um, what was your just general take on this film?
2: Yeah. Well, I'll start by saying, um, as much as I am an expert, it's, it's just that, um, you know... I, I'm not so much an expert as that I've had a letterboxed account since 2013 and that is Ooh. probably the extent of um you know I've not I've not been to film school I've taken like a screenwriting class like once like <laughs> three look years man ago, but, we haven't been um, to
1: podcasting
0: school
2: it's yeah, fine.
1: cut, you cut, you cut can this do out my you dude want. Yeah, yeah own you're, it you're
0: qualified um, who who else out there can say they've had a letterbox since 13 like
2: nobody <laughs> <Just> <laughs> that's some, true that's, just that's some freaks in New Zealand <laughs> and, i mean that's where yeah. it all started and you um <laughs> I, mean, I do yeah my, my my tar take my my scalp my pitch pitch tar black hot take um <laughs> i think it's a good movie i think it's like i think it's um mm. like 15 different movies um Ooh. that balances its its tone really well between them all mm. i mean i don't know because I have only seen it the one time, and that was um, several months ago, even though I did buy the um, the Blu-ray at Target uh, <laughs> a month ago with the cool cover art. Um, but it, it has uh, it has stuck with me um, mm-hmm. in a certain way. And, uh, you know, I I just, I think it's an excellent, uh, above all else, I think it's just a really good character study. Like you kind of, there's really no scene without um, Lydia Tarr. You're kind of living with this person for. The entire runtime and um, mm-hmm. you, you see other perspectives, certainly, but you are just kind of stuck with this, um, this portrayal. And um, yeah, it's, 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 it's fascinating kind of peeling back um, her own you know, breaking down her walls that she has put up and you kind of mm. see who she is, what she's built. And, you know, we enter this movie at a time in her life where she is, I mean, she's being interviewed by the New Yorker. She is kind of at her peak. And the rest of it is kind of slowly, you know, declining, and we kind of yeah. see the repercussions of that as she um, has her fall from fall from grace. Um, so it is, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, it is it is a pretty cold take, but I think it's I think it's a really good movie, and um, I think whatever you can complain, I don't know, I don't want to complain about the discourse around it, but here I am complaining about well. the discourse. <laughs> around it but um, i mean that's
0: what we that's kind of what we do here yeah that's that's a big part of this go fire away go ahead
2: because surface level i mean you see like oh it's it's a movie primarily about it's a character study of of a woman uh written and directed by a man um but i think todd field i mean he uh the inventor of uh big league two i don't know if you guys know that (laughs) He uh, as a, as like a, as like a y- as like a young uh, like like a teenager, he helped invent a uh, big league chew, for like a minor league sports team. Like he he he's, he's he himself has lived so many lives. Um, I guess like the um, big league chew that I would buy at the store. Yes. Yeah. Go to the Wikipedia page and it'll say you know that's he- a
0: Todd Field original
2: yeah i mean he, he he wasn't like he he uh he helped invent the first batches he wasn't like part of the company like he doesn't get residuals for uh <laughs> what is it called <laughs> royalties <laughs> for gum <Yeah. laughs> um anyway um but you know he was he was an actor in the 90s and he still does like, act occasionally but um you know he's just become a really thoughtful um you know writer director over the past uh, 20 years made some really interesting movies and if you just i don't know if you just see that like oh some guy made this um, the definitive movie about like cancel culture oh, and it's about a woman what oh it's mm. um it's it looks pretentious it's it's set all over europe and it has this you know um i think at a glance you can see this as like the epitome of just like uh uh depressing like weird oscar bait movie that's just like so full mm. of itself um but i think just like you know marinating in this movie you kind of peel back layers and you see that it's 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 a, it's a ghost story it's a it's a comedy <laughs> it's i mean it's it's a character study it's 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 like 20 different things um club yeah w-
0: was the last third a dream <laughs> if we're going to talk about the discourse i mean listen that take has been swirling around my toilet for just <laughs> Months from the day I finished, like from the night I watched the movie, to still today, I'm seeing people post like, "Oh, you guys are nuts! This it's not a ghost story. Of course, it's not. Or I'm sorry, it's not a, a dream. This doesn't happen in her head. Of course, it's real. Or of course, it's a dream. What?
2: Uh, solve this for us, club. I think, um, like any good arts, um, any interpretation that you can. Come up with, uh, you know, rationally whatever makes sense to you is what it is. Like you know, it's okay, not meant to, not meant to be untangled. But uh, my answer <laughs> is 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 no, it's not a dream. Of course, it happened. I mean, it you know, it, it is in sure. the reality of the movie. It fits the reality of the movie, even though it is ridiculous. Yeah. But it is. Even happened?
1: though the movie is just a movie. The movie is just
2: a movie. Is <laughs> Lydia Tarr real is real, life. but the movie is just a
1: movie. <laughs> right. No, look, I'm, I appreciate you saying that. And mm-hmm. uh, of course, Club, you are, you know, the tenor of this podcast and probably could have guessed <laughs> that may have been the direction we would have gone anyway. Uh, yeah. Uh, no. But but that's, I think, like like you said, it really is a, f- uh, a number of different like kinds of movies. And and on this very seriously is not a rabbit hole I'm going to go down. Uh but
0: like No, right. We yeah.
1: just everyone wants this it to be like explained to them like the ending of an Inception. Like what does that mean? It's like come on. Th- mm-hmm. That's that is that is offensive to Todd Field, honestly. I think yeah. it is. Like to to just you know, try and figure it out. Like why he made a, a great film that, uh, gave, you know, many different things to many different people. And mm-hmm. then what we want is like a slate explainer to tell us whether that was
0: real or not. Come on, guys, grow up. Sure. Sorry. I, yeah. I, Matt, I, uh, you know, you and I are not, are, we're not film heads. Uh, you know, but I, uh, I do think that there's something to be said, like, as as you're alluding to, to just letting this be kind of ambiguous and weird. Like, there are some weird things that happen near the end of the movie. That whole descent into the weird, you know, dank basement and she falls and hits her head and all that. Yeah, it's feels kind of, you know, out of left field. But it is, it is so clearly in tone, not a film that is like setting up a cinematic universe or, you know, doing any, any sort of, uh, yeah, you know, bait for, um, for pieces like that to say, you know, the six e- pieces of evidence that, that prove this is a dream, you know, that's not the kind of movie this is.
2: Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, you know, it's not like a a puzzle box of a movie. There's nothing to solve. Right. It's, um, yeah, I think it is just a character study. And, uh, you said, I mean, yeah, there, there's some stuff that's kind of out of left field, but I think it's out of Todd Field, actually.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, right. there's, there's okay.
2: no, I just, I just want to say that.
0: Yeah, okay. no, thank you. You got to get those in when you can. I'd like to, I'd like to hit on something that you started to mention, clubs. this um, matter of a, of a male director uh, doing a piece about uh, canceling a female professional going into the movie before I had seen it, I knew at least enough um, to to pick up on the idea of this being kind of a a study in collapse, this uh, this conductor at the top of her craft being, you know, knocked down a peg or two. I, I knew that that was kind of the broad stroke of the film. And as a real musician, Matt and Club, I will say that I had some reservations about uh, just the, the the premise because, I don't know if you know this, I'm sure you do, um, women are incredibly underrepresented in the classical music world, especially in conducting. I think something like percent of professional orchestras are conducted by women. It might even be less than that across the world. The top 25 uh, symphony orchestras in the United States, zero of them have uh, female conductors. And so um, the idea of making this film about a female conductor who is also a monster and a an toll and Uh, you know, a groomer and all these horrible things. I kind of thought to myself, "Mm, is that what we want to do here? Like with a deeply underrepresented um, demographic, like do we, do we want a lot of people's first vision of a female conductor to be this, this monstrosity of a person? Uh, And in fact, I'm not the only one to have this issue. Marin Alsop, who is the former conductor of the Baltimore Symphony Orchestra. You know, she makes kind of this point that, like, it really sucks, you know, this could have been about a male conductor, um, but instead, this is the route they went. I'm pitching all this to you guys. I don't really know where I sit on this after the film. I loved the movie, and I recognize why a real-life orchestral conductor who's a woman would be kind of annoyed to see, uh, to see, you know, it play out the way it does in the movie. But on the other hand, I don't know, it, maybe it's maybe it's better to just look at it as sort of a universal tale about how power corrupts anybody. I don't know. What do you guys think? You know, watching it, it didn't feel to me like
1: Todd Field had like an axe to grind, you know, like an agenda that he was really trying to, to get us to sign on to. Um, but... You know, really, that's kind of all I can say, because, you know, like you said, Tim, I mean, I it's, it's worth discussing, and it's worth, like, kind of uh, side-eyeing a little bit, I think. But I'm not... Um, I'm, I, I guess I'm smart enough to know that I'm not m- maybe the person to ask um, <laughs> about that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think... I think that's the correct take (laughs) if there is one i mean we're we are three midwestern uh (laughs) white guys that's really not our experience but um right and i know todd field wanted to work with kate blanchett and kind of wrote Mm -hmm. this part for her um with this kind of world in mind and it wasn't um yeah i think what you were saying tim about how you know it is kind of a universal tale about how power corrupts and right they kind of got the best people to convey that message and um, yeah,
1: because she did a great job. Kate. She, did, she, <laughs> she did, did a really, a really good really job, and, job.
0: And congratulations to Kate on winning the Oscar last night. Um, uh, I, I
2: will say just just uh, I mean, whatever. Uh, it, Oscars are Oscars. It's it's all publicity and uh, politicking and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. um, whether Kate Blanchett wins or Michelle Yeoh wins or 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 somebody else, um, I mean, I don't know. This whole narrative of it, I mean, it is all just the uh, PR <laughs> publicity. And well, it's
1: like the Grammys, you know. It's absolutely, like, absolutely. It doesn't and matter. It's, at it's all.
2: not like a. It doesn't matter. I mean, obviously, I mean, I don't know this narrative of like, oh, Michelle Yeoh is due for an Oscar. And it's like, of of course, but how is anybody due for, for for anything, you know? Yeah, how is anybody
0: um, due for the one prize, you know, the the whatever the the biggest prize in a thing that so many people are you know, have valid cases to win. Yeah.
2: No, absolutely. And like, yeah, Kate Blanchett is due for, for her third Oscar. Like, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. And she got it and she won it. (laughs) (laughs) We know that she
1: won. (laughs) Uh, It's important. I think that the, the army knows that Tim and I had a very special evening together. uh, You know, a few months back, we, we watched Mm -hmm. this film as buddies uh, sitting on the same couch um, looking at the same screen. And how. Uh, and we thought it was a riot. We yes. were laughing. We were spilling our popcorn all over the place. We we <laughs> thought it was so funny. To the point where we we paused it. And this may be a very, like, <laughs> snobbish thing to say, which I will take on the chin, because, you know, I sort of am one of those. But... We paused it, and I said to Tim, "Is this supposed to be making us laugh so hard?" Um, <laughs> because it really was, and I was like, I, "To to me and to Tim, it like there were there were a lot of elements in it that were very funny. Some of them were like more musically uh, related, um, so maybe uh, you had to be there, or if you know, you know." But <laughs> club, did you? I mean, did, did you? You said, you know, this is also a, a comedy. Did you uh, laugh out loud? Did you have a good time uh, watching this?
2: I did. And I think looking back on it, it just, it's just funnier because when you get the whole context of it, like, I don't know, that, that scene where she, um, the, the Petra's father scene, where she um, lets that schoolgirl oh, have it.
0: Yeah, um, when, she, when she obliterates that kid
2: outside the school. That could be from like a Melissa McCarthy movie. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it just. <laughs> Just going up and like telling a, a school child, you know, that what you're gonna do. Um, and I mean, I, I don't see how you can how you can see that even in a vacuum and be like, oh, this is like a dead serious uh <laughs> like capital D drama. I think I mean, like I said, it's a lot of things. Um, you know, when she's playing the uh was it the accordion um or the bagpipes <laughs> in, in the apartment yes. for sale scene? I mean, it's 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 That's one of the right. funniest cuts. I mean it's it's ridiculous how how oh, I mean, how petty and she, silly she is. She wow. pile drives that co- that conductor Elliot.
0: I mean that's one of the like it's obviously like sort of the the end of of her yeah. professional arc. It's shocking. and it's so shocking. It's it's so absurd. It's great. Yeah, it's really funny. And then I mean we should talk about the very end. Uh I know I know this is also a cold take but handing her a pair of headphones while she's conducting in the Philippines and then zooming out to see that she is conducting a Monster Hunter symphony concert for a bunch of cosplayers. That is brilliantly funny. Uh, And not just for the absurdity of it, but it's it's this perfect button on a movie where she has been calling like her greatest insult to people is calling you a robot. You know, she's, she refers to everybody. She hates as a robot. She starts the movie in that New Yorker interview, talking about how the importance of a conductor is she sets the time. Mm, Yep. Time is the thing. Uh Time is, is the essential piece of uh, interpretation. You cannot start without me. See, I start the clock No, my left hand. shapes but my right hand the second hand marks time and moves it forward
1: however unlike a clock sometimes my second hand stops which means
0: the time stops they play when she says it's time to play she sets the time and to have that ripped away from her by having to conduct to a click track with headphones on is i mean that's this perfect it's hell for her it's brilliant The perfection of that two and a half hour long setup and punchline, oh, it's has stuck with me. I think about it a lot.
1: Yeah, it's it's really it's really good because it does work on a number of you know levels. Like it it is just funny, period. Right. Yes. But but uh, narratively, thematically, etc. etc. It really really works because yeah, that's the the take that I took away, and you know I'm sure I didn't come up with this, but. Uh, somehow absorbed since watching is like, yeah, she is no longer in control of like the time here. She is, you know, not really the conduit of of anything. She's, mm-hmm. uh, she's being controlled by it, um, which is great. Well, you know, that's a, that's the way to end that thing. Yeah, and it is. Uh, and I laughed
0: too. So, all three of us really enjoyed this film. You know, when it comes to tunes. You know, this is not really a movie about the tunes. And in fact, in response uh, to to bring it back to Marin Alsop, who was so upset about the portrayal of a woman conductor being this this monster, Todd Field said uh, this movie could have been in any setting. You know, he they just picked classical music because it felt interesting at the time. But but he he literally said, like, quote, this could have been any kind of pyramid scheme, any kind of power structure. Uh, The music is just the backdrop. So, I mean, I don't know. Do any of us have takes on the tunes in this film? I loved this. I loved the backdrop of classical music. I think it was super engaging. My my quick take I'll throw out is that I also love the movie Whiplash, which is about a jazz drummer. And let me tell you, gang, that movie is so bad at like accurately portraying musicians and like musicianship and just jazz at all. What does that say? Quarter note equals two fifteen. Count me at two fifteen. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Jesus one, two, three, four. fucking Christ! Am I to understand that you cannot read tempo? Can you even fucking read music? What is that? Eighth note. Yes. What is that? did sixteenth note. Sight-read measure 101. What are you, a fucking acapella group? Play the goddamn kit! Like, the themes are excellent, and I love the movie, and I love the acting, and I love the plot and everything, but it it does a horrible job with just the music of it all. I didn't get that at all from this. It seems like they really did their homework when it comes to classical music and conducting and and all that.
1: Yeah, man, that was just a a delight in a number of ways like the attention to detail with it i think well one of one thing that really jumped out at me was uh lydia's wife is it is it sharon
2: yeah the nina haas character yeah yeah
1: Yeah, so she and and uh, it wasn't just her but if she was kind of in close-up she had the uh mark on the left side of her jaw that violinists get when they play constantly and i'm like, Mm. oh. You're really thinking about this, and wow. but, yeah, you know, I would say the tunes themselves it was you know it wasn't um it was no that thing you do, I'll say that um <laughs> but but I think it was a great, I guess for me, and probably for you know maybe real musicians or people who've been at least somewhat uh, in or aware of that world. Lydia was really talking to Adam Kopnik like a real... Yeah. Um, just a real sort of douchebag uh, <laughs> classical musician. She's She was saying all this stuff, and Tim and I are looking at each other, chuckling. It's like, because that, it sounds profound. And it's not like, it's not that it's not, but like, what are you talking about also, right? And I, I just... I that stuff just cracks me up like that may be more for me than i don't know uh how you club felt about it but i thought it was just really delightful
2: no i yeah i agree i think early on it kind of shows the the cracks in her facade of um you know the you can um rethink what what she's saying you're like wait did that actually make sense like you you know you you yeah. go in assuming like oh here's this brilliant conductor we're gonna like watch her her mastery and then i don't know what else, what else is gonna happen but you see, you see this interview and and i mean well i mean talk about the first shot of the movie um is her you know there's these weird interstitials with like her being recorded uh from yes. a distance and and stuff like that and it kind of you know it it unsettles you it off-kilters you and then you're thrown into this um you know brilliant you know monologue and performance but there's just something slightly off about it where you're like, is she full crap. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, like yeah. what, what is she, is she just know she's actually saying. And then, you know, as it goes on and, and speaking of relitigating, you know, Twitter discussions or whatever, but like glass onion where you kind of uh, through that movie where you, uh, peel back the layers and Oh my God, <laughs> and you, 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 <laughs> you did it. Nice. Keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> you, you, you learn more about the main, uh, antagonist. And you realize that, Oh, he's just a buffoon. Like he's not. Yeah. Th- there's no. There's no like huge intellect at play here. It is just kind of luck in wielding power in a certain way. Which, uh, yeah, yeah, which is what Lydia does. And I think speaking of funny moments too, when when she <laughs> when she comes back home to New Jersey or whatever, and her brother's there, he calls her Linda. And, and Linda Tar. And you look in the credits, it, you know, it's T A R R. Like she yes. put the she put the accent on her name, and she dropped an R to <laughs> to elevate herself to to this it's pretension. Perfect. It's it's that is so funny. <laughs> it is so
0: funny. We haven't even mentioned the Juilliard masterclass scene, which is like oh man, another just ahead, freak show of acting and like so <laughs> terrific.
2: How about Beethoven? And you like him? <laughs> Yes,
1: yes, <laughs> you're into him so good. You know, what about Beethoven? You into him? Because for me, as a U-Haul lesbian
0: I'm,
2: I'm not too sure about old Ludwig But then I face him And I find myself nose to nose with his magnitude And inevitability Let's allow Bach a similar gaze <laughs> get inside it, that you hear what it really is, it's a question, and an answer, which begs another question. There's a humility in Bach, he's not pretending he's certain about anything, because he knows that it's always the question that involves the listener, it's never the answer, Big question for you
1: is what do you think, Max?
2: White right, male cis composers. Just not my thing. Don't be so eager to be offended. The narcissism of small differences leads to the most boring conformity. <laughs> and you know, this the clash
0: she has with this kid over like whether or not we should be Litigating, you know, the moral failings of Bach. It's actually like a genuinely interesting discussion they have. It's thought provoking, and it again it sets the the tone for the rest of the movie because you see how open she is to separating the art from the artist. Something we talk about a lot on this pod, Um, because she herself, you know, knows (laughs) that she (laughs) has some separating that uh, that needs to be done, and you know, and then we also see her elevate the cello player just because she thought she was hot or, or whatever yeah yeah you know, it's, it's like so yeah, yeah. anyway so much to say it was really good
2: i mean i think i mean i think tar is kind of the movie of the year because it is yeah um i don't want to say it's the, it's the most movie but it is kind of the most um rewarding cinematic experience i've had i mean mm-hmm. if you just look at like even the audition scenes where i mean you you see Lydia hearing the music and then you see what she's watching which is just the uh, she wants to recognize the shoes of the person who's playing. You know, it's not about um, Mm -hmm. the merits for her. It's about kind of rewarding her, her new favorites or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, just, you know, playing with um, visual expectation and, and, um, you know, what you're hearing probably one of my favorite moves of the year. Before we go to break,
0: I would, I, I would like to plumb the depths of clubs, movie mind, it's been about a year since the army last heard you speak, Club. Uh, the floor is yours. I want to hear. I want to hear your hot takes on
2: film. Uh, I just saw Women Talking. That's also a really good one. That's another movie that's nominated for uh, for Best Picture. Uh, I really like the director uh, Sarah Polly, and I think uh, I just listened to an interview, interview with her, and you know she talked about people making fun of the title of the uh, of the movie Women Talking, and you know how people don't really bat an eye at a film called like 12 angry men or something. It's like, you know, it's just women talking. Mm -hmm. It's not uh, (laughs) men screaming or anything. Um, but I think, I think that is also a really interesting movie about, um, you know, power dynamics and, uh, (laughs) women (laughs) as well. Um, also, you know, uh, from a different perspective, Sarah Pauly is a great writer, writer director and, uh, she did a really good adaptation, um, uh, for that movie. So I think that's another really, really strong, uh, film that i saw and the music for that oh my gosh one second i have to look up oh, yeah, it was a uh, hildur Guðnadóttir who did um she did tar she did do tar oh my gosh she did oh my gosh and she yeah so she did joker as well which which i i really did not like <laughs> that score i thought it was really overbearing in joker but mm-hmm. um yeah her 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 subtle work in tar and her great work in women talking i think are, are great as well but um did you um did you happen to watch Avatar 2 the Way of Water. He <laughs> did. And uh I mean,
1: yeah. It, I think the weekend did the score for that. He did. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Wait, hold on. Hold he didn't do score. He didn't
1: do the score. He didn't actually score it. He can't score. Uh but well, not like that. Well, we don't know uh, that. <laughs> well, no, I do. He, they're, they're, the end credit song is The Weeknd, and it really takes you out of the water. It really takes <laughs> the immersion. It's like, oh, this is... Okay, well, I don't really want to talk about that. I just thought it was funny to ask. Um, I I saw it in, in a theater and almost left a couple
2: times, because what the heck?
1: Uh, it was fine. You know, whatever.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's something you have to kind of buy into, and... Um, I don't know. I had a good time hanging out with whales. And, uh, oh now Pandora. <laughs>
0: uh, did uh, did everyone here watch Barbarian? Yeah, it's a good one. Oh, boy! Uh, I I didn't because it. Uh, I was told it was scary. <laughs> Matt, face your fears. It's a real good one. It's it's a lot of fun.
2: It's a it's a it's a rip roaring good time.
0: That's the most fun I had watching a movie
2: this year. Was uh,
0: Barbarian? Yeah.
2: It's like, it's what you think it's going to be. And then, it, and then it's not, and then it is again. And I don't know. It's, it is a very, um, yeah, that's uh that is a good time club. Uh, you are a
0: genius. Oh. You are a thoughtful, uh, just a, just a fricking grade a guy. Thank you for coming on the pod.
2: Oh, it's, it's a pleasure. It's an honor of a lifetime. So
0: will you hang out? Will you hang out with us through the ad break and, and heck even into the next segment?
2: Oh gosh, just like Johnny Carson, like uh being invited over to the couch, you know? Oh man, this is a treat.
0: It's just like Johnny Carson. Wow, how old are you? Eighty-five. Ear buddies. We'll continue in a moment. This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by Lydia Tar. You know her. Do you love her? Well, probably depends on your politics to some degree. Uh, but you gotta admit, she's a darn good conductor of orchestras. Uh, Matt Club, listen. We uh, we talked about we talked about the film based on her life, um, and. I I think it's I think it's here in this ad break that we should note that the film takes some liberties uh, with the facts. You know, uh, does she have blood on her hands? I think the answer is no. Uh, is she a genius? Yes. Did she actually study with Leonard? Uh, yes. Some yeah some some spurious claims made in that fictional film about Lydia Tarr uh, that I think we should write right here and. Uh, and we should uh, we should celebrate this woman who is uh, who is worthy of of praise. Now, Tim, it is true. Correct me if I am wrong.
1: That Lydia Tar is a real person who paid us money to do this ad break.
0: That is a hundred percent correct. Yes. Okay. Good.
1: I just wanted to make sure you know we're not being duped. Um, that well, if that's the case, then I have nothing but praise to heap upon her noble brow. Uh, obviously extremely <laughs> gifted and talented. Um, what happened in the film didn't really happen in real life. As far as I know, she's still... Not to that extent. Uh, no, she's doing well still um,
0: <laughs> in real life. Is um, she... Yeah, I mean, right. Is she conducting uh, at, at cosplay conventions uh, in the Philippines? Yes. But that's that's... That's not the worst fate. That seems fun. And let's remember where Lydia got her start. It was uh, specializing in the indigenous music of Eastern Peru. Uh, this is this is someone who who right. uh, who's a scholar of world music. Of course, she's she's doing this. Of course, she's getting
2: into video games. She's cool. Club, don't you think she's cool? Lydia Tar, real person Lydia Tar, is um <laughs> is very cool. <laughs> <laughs> she's the coolest, and I mean. She's had a rough go at it in the court of uh, public opinion and the mainstream the well, media. Cance-
0: it's cancel culture run amok, is what it is. <clears throat> run, am- it run amok really <laughs> is. <laughs> I am
1: sick of these <laughs> drive-bys and the elites up there in their ivory towers. And frankly, I'm also sick of the unwashed masses trying to pull this this woman down, um, and 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 believing with no further research or, or inquiry uh, this film that is clearly fictional mm. uh, and does obviously take some liberties. There's no one who's really that bad of a person in real life, no. um, and and it just. It makes sense that Lydia would have reached out to ear buddies and asked for a, le- a little bit of uh, rehabilitation. And so, of course, that is what we offer here in spades. Um, mm-hmm. And and I'm glad that we have the chance to do this for her. Frankly, I would do it for free. We're not going to, but I would. She has an EGOT. What what did she win her, her EGOT for?
2: Or, like, what... Matt, what did what did she win her Tony for?
1: I think it was a um, revival of The Simpsons
0: <laughs> on Broadway.
2: I mean, yeah that that opening that opening bit. That's
0: yeah. Okay. I think uh, no, Matt. You're I'm looking it up on Wikipedia, and you're correct. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know
1: about you, Tim, but for me, it becomes disheartening having to do these sorts of things week after week when uh, you know, we're defending um, those who, who really should not need our defense. Um, yeah, right. She hasn't really done anything wrong, so what if she likes video games and <laughs> being in the
0: Philippines?
1: That That's
0: a lot of people. Right. Uh, abusive work environment? Hey, ladies and gents, uh, what Lydia did... Allegedly, is put together the best darn orchestra she could. You can only get that by threatening people and uh, elevating people to positions of power uh, and expecting, you know, favors uh, in return. That's how it. Folks, that's how the sausage gets made. I'm sorry to tell you. Put your pitchforks down, woke mob. This is just. This is how we get good art. That's right, Tim.
1: She's being unfairly scrutinized and villainized <laughs> because she is a woman. And, uh, ah, yeah. and you know, Mahler, terrible guy, great artist. <laughs> just like basically all of them, right? Everybody. <laughs> does.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Why isn't uh, Wagner freaking canceled?
1: Yeah. He should be. He, he should be. He, he should
2: be. be. Right.
0: Yeah, he specifically should be. It's a it's a slippery slope, gang. <laughs> Next thing you know, I'm not gonna be able to listen to my Gregorian chant anymore because uh those monks uh were you know, they were too god fearing and it wasn't uh doesn't fit the times anymore. It's just not right what's happening out there with the, the libs guys. The libs <laughs> Tim, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. (laughs) What she's doing right now in the Philippines, she's putting in her time. And just like we, as a society, welcomed back with open arms people like Louis C.K., I think in a year or two, when Lydia's back with the New York Philharmonic, uh, maybe back in Berlin, who knows... I think we all have to just say, welcome back. It's great to have you back, Lydia. All is forgiven. Yeah, Amen. Heck, yep. I, f- I don't even really remember what you did. Who can recall, really? <laughs> because that's the way the world <laughs> is supposed to work. That's right.
1: She's, you know what, mark my words, she's going to get that Fifth Symphony. She's going to do it.
0: I know it. And I think she's going to kill that kid. That kid outside... <laughs> Like, when she finds that kid again outside the school, like, it's over. Maybe not kill. Maybe just. That's the price you pay for art. Sorry. (laughs) Well, there you go. It's art. It's music. It's Lydia.
1: Ah, Lydia. She was the most glorious creature under
0: the sun. Thais, Dubai, Gabo. Rolled into one
1: Uh... Lydia, oh Lydia, say have you met Lydia, Lydia the tattooed lady She has eyes that folks adore so, and a torso even more so Lydia, oh Lydia, that encyclopedia, oh Lydia the queen of tattoos on her back is the Battle of Waterloo Beside it the wreck of the Hesperus II And proudly above waves the
0: red, white, and blue You
1: can learn a lot from Lydia
0: Welcome back to Ear Buddies Welcome back to Club our special guest Welcome back to Show and Tell Fellas, who who's going first here? I, you know, I got one that's pretty pretty basic and boring. Should I get it out of the way quick so that we end on a high note? What are you thinking? Yes. Of? Okay. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I would like to bring Mahler's Fifth Symphony, <laughs> and more specifically, I want to bring the fourth movement of Mahler's Symphony Number no. Five in C Sharp Minor, Adagietto. This is one of the prettiest darn pieces of music you'll ever hear in your life. It's eleven minutes long, so I mean, we're not going to sit and listen to the whole thing.
2: But, yeah, uh, Tim, this is pretty boring. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know it's <laughs> it's super boring. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it is, uh, it, is, it is. lovely. No, it's um, you know, uh, the film Tar that we discussed is is kind of built around uh, the preparation of uh, recording a performance of Mahler's Fifth Symphony, which I think is basically like regarded as. Uh, his best work. It is... uh, You know, it's a really beautiful piece of music that was written uh, in the years 1901 and 1902 by Gustav Mahler. Right after he uh, had, like, a near-death experience, like a, a, a hemorrhage of some sort, nearly killed the guy, he, like, went out to the woods and sort of contemplated life and wrote literally 75 minutes worth of symphonic music here in these five movements of the Fifth Symphony. Uh, It also came at a time where he was like falling in love. It really captures uh, a specific moment in time for this guy. One more interesting little nugget about Mahler's Fifth Symphony is the first four symphonies he composed were um, written specifically around like a single idea, like sort of a narrative guide, uh, programmatic approach, they call it. Instead, he just basically wrote killer tunes. Like he was just thinking about the tunes only with Mahler's Fifth. And what you get as a result uh, is a really rich palette. Uh, It starts like a funeral, it ends like a party. There's beautiful stuff in the middle. It's great. Listen to Mahler's Fifth Symphony, gang. That is a great offering, Tim. Great stuff. I actually hadn't uh, hadn't listened to that tune, and heck, it's pretty good. Pretty good. It's a shame we had to cancel Gustav, but, uh, you know. Them's the breaks. <laughs> Them's the breaks. He shouldn't have done all that stuff that he did.
1: <laughs> all that Mahler. Well, well, look, um... I might as well go. Um, I have uh, sort of a related um, Mm -hmm. tune. It's, I wouldn't call it classical, but it has sort of a, mm, I'm just going to say this, it's not exactly right, sort of a classical arrangement. It's a song that everybody in the world knows. And it's one of the best songs in existence, in my opinion, which is correct. (laughs) (laughs) It's called Beauty and the Beast by Alan Menken and Howard Ashman.
0: Oh, wow. As old as time.
1: True as it can be. What do you guys uh, think about this,
2: this tune? It's lovely.
1: <laughs> I mean I love it.
2: It's a joy. When I mean, you got Dame Angela Lansbury just, just singing and, and that Mankin Ash and I mean that's that's just a great the best.
1: I tell you what, buddy. The other the last few nights I have listened to this song and just wept I'm not joking it's wow unbelievably good and and I bring this to the table uh, because we're you know talking about music that has <laughs> orchestras in it I'm uh, so a tenuous connection but I'm <laughs> I, I'm foreshadowing an episode that uh, I hope to do Someday, Perhaps as a solo episode when Tim's not around. Perhaps we do it as buddies. Uh, I really... We have to talk about this. Um, And by this, I mean Alan Menken and specifically Howard Ashman. Howard Ashman wrote the the lyrics to this tune. uh, And he died uh, before the film was released, um, which adds another layer to it. But... Wow. But I, I just, I bring this because this is just, you don't need to know anything to get, to, for, for this to move you. Mm. And I was reading, I did a very, a very very deep dive on this tune, uh, and a lot of reviewers, you know, in general it was, it was very acclaimed, but a lot of reviewers were saying things like, you know it's it's overly sweet but it like acknowledges its own banality etc etc to which i say come now that is i what else do you, this what else are you looking for here this is the perfect song for this exact thing and i just it just makes me tear up because it is actually pretty simple Um, yeah but what an arrangement what a one take wonder what lyrics each each stanza there's 29 stanzas each one is exactly five syllables knocked it out of the park how i just come on i don't i don't know why i don't know why we're giving such praise and acclaim to i know this is the the wrap-up uh, of of this episode, so I'll I'll cool it a little bit, but I will bring this back in a later episode. Why are we uh, make you know putting Mahler and and uh, Tchaikovsky etc. on these pedestals? Alan Menken, oh preach, should be there should be an international holiday dedicated to him. He should be. He, uh, d- 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 we don't understand what he's doing. Nobody can do this. Have you heard Lin Manuel Miranda try to do this? And and uh, you know Pusac and Paul or whoever they are. Oh, you cannot write like this wow. for Disney. It's only Alan Menken. I cannot believe. Oh. just that's that's it. I'm just let's let's give some more flowers to the people making, oh. uh, you know these these pop tunes for Disney that we just sort of overlook and and don't uh, analyze or care mm-hmm. about nearly as much as we ought to. Come on. If you can write something perfect and, and it's relatively simple and accessible, you know what? That's a far greater genius than, I, I guess, I might as well say Mahler again. And I mean that. I really do. Bro. There you go. Okay.
0: Hold yourself back here. Hold yourself back here because... You're absolutely right. We got to talk Mankin on an episode of your buddy soon. Mankin and Ashman. I mean, um, yeah, this is just one of in, a, a whole ton of incredible tunes, uh, that they put together. Yeah. Together. Have you heard part of your world? Oh yeah, dude. I, anyway, we can't, I'll, I'll we, save it,
1: <laughs> save it. I'll save it, uh, I'll, but it's, it's happening. I've said, we've we'll said it on there. the hot mic. We're going to do it. I will
2: say there's a really good documentary about, uh, Howard Ashman. I think it's on Disney plus, um, and it's pretty short but it's it's uh it's really good It's oh. worth checking out um you know yeah it gets into its life and stuff and it's it's iconic mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. yeah no give him all flowers absolutely
0: uh okay club last but not least what do you got for yes. us
2: <laughs> now for now for something uh completely different <laughs> um yeah my show and tell is the um 1983 song uh it's a mistake by the australian band uh men at work <laughs> it, it's um, it's just kind of a jaunty little, oh, oh, that opening. Jump down the shelters to get away. The boys are cocking up their guns. Is it party time? It is a bit of a silly song. Uh, I mean the lyrics are are kind of serious, you know, it's set in the it's set in the eighties. It's kind of about uh, you know Cold War paranoia and about how I mean, yeah, nuclear war is a mistake. Um, but the production of it is is so delightful and uh, like beachy. And um, it is it is kind of a joy whenever it comes up on my uh, on my music stream platform platform of choice. Um, Colin Hayes voice really gets into it. It's a mistake!
0: A mistake it is a mistake i, I gotta ask I, I mean i am loving this i'm loving this does this have even even a, a thread of connection to, to lydia tar the film tar by uh, todd field or or i mean if not if not to be clear totally fine i'm just curious <laughs> so um
2: kate blanchett is australian and so are minute work
1: Oh, that's very good. That, that was the extent that is a, of my... Uh, perfect. That's a subtle connection. That's very nothing, good. No, oh, that's so- perfect. You didn't yeah. want to do a, a Keith Urban tune? <laughs> oh, that would have been good. <laughs> no, this is good. You know what? It, it's. I think it's important to remember that uh, nuclear war is always a mistake. Um, mm. That's...
0: Uh, it just... Yeah, <laughs> Matt, hop up, hop up on that soapbox once here. Why? Go, go right ahead, please. <laughs> look, I think it's
1: this song and its message uh, timeless. There's never not a time to show and tell uh, this song, because you, you look around at the world today and the world in you know 1984, and we see these oh, threats both foreign and domestic and and we we worry are they gonna drop the bomb on us um from that other song and (laughs) and i guess not to not to start a whole new thing here but um where are all the anti-war songs now in the 80s? No nope kidding. This is all anybody was ever talking about. These these musicians, they had one thing on their mind and it was are they going to drop the bomb on us? Please don't. Yeah, and they exactly. talked about it constantly. And I think that's why they didn't <laughs> drop the bomb on us. And I'm I'm just <laughs> frightened today that the message is not getting to the heads of state in the way that it was In the 80s, we—if we don't start now, if our artists don't start releasing songs that are that are reminding us that it's a mistake to uh, start a global uh, war—we are going to be in a in a rough place under a pile of rubble in a few years' time. That's what I believe. (laughs) Well said. So thank you for bringing this club. This
0: is this is actually incredibly relevant. Yeah. Happy to do it. Club, we can always count on you uh, to, to bring the heat on this program. You have been a dedicated uh, enlistee in the Ear Buddies Army for long enough that... Well, Matt, Matt let's uh, let's get up. Uh, let's both rise from our seats. Mm-hmm. Rising now. Uh, and invite invite our friend club to to rise as well. Are you have you stood? Okay, easy. He has risen. He has he is risen. He's up. Yes. <laughs> I think it's time for a pinning ceremony. I think it's time to uh, elevate your rank. Club Steel, I am honored on behalf of Matt and myself and the entire Ear Buddies army to promote you to the rank of one star general. Your service to the army is unparalleled. Your service to our nation, the Ear Buddies uh, nation, (laughs) is also unparalleled. (laughs) Uh, And this honor which we extend to you with pride and uh, and humbleness uh, is no small thing. And so I'm I'm walking up to your chest now and I've got a little medal and I'm pinning it to your to your shirt. And Club, you are now the Ear Buddies Army's first one-star general. Congratulations. Congratulations. Oh this
2: is big. Thank you. Thank you. Tears are streaming down my face. <laughs> I just, stood, I just I stood up in my living room. My windows are open. <laughs> I'm saluting... Uh, laptop
0: <laughs> it's an honor it really it's, is congratulations it is, it is an it's honor. that commitment that that uh, has earned you this accolade and this uh, the superiority over the rest of the army so congratulations uh, don't abuse your power we know you won't
2: I mean I've I've, I've killed for you guys and I will again
0: <laughs> <laughs> you certainly will thank you for joining us again pal and and uh, And to to all the pals out there, we say thank you for listening. And talk to you later, buddies. Talk to you later, buddies. Talk to you later, buddies.